0: in the 1960s, there was a movie called Born Free. And it was about a British couple that moved to Africa and fell in love with the continent through a series of circumstances, ended up uh, having custody of a lion cub that they named Elsa. And so the, the movie was about this couple trying to raise this lion cub to be a lioness. And of course it had the song Born Free is as uh, free as the wind blows born free as free as the grass grows and other you know great insights that we look for in great music (laughs) it became a television show in the 60s and of course you know how Hollywood is if they have one success they can't stay away from the second success so we had a sequel to born free and it was called living free and it was about the, the transition of training Elsa to, to live in the wild and then releasing her so she could live in the wild of Africa. Now that's different. Being raised in captivity where your food is brought to you and you're fed a certain way and, and you learn to live a certain way. It's a different thing to go out into the wild and learn how to live on your own. It's a problem the church Has always had. Born free. And we love that moment when we celebrate where Christ has redeemed us and forgiven our sins and made us new. Then, what? (laughs) Yeah, we love being born free. Few of us know how to live free. It's It's a problem the church has been dealing with since the very beginning. In fact, uh, Peter addresses his church in one of his letters where he says listen you are born free now you need to focus on living free well that was my interpretation let's see how Peter says it stand with me in honor of God's Word beginning with verse 9 but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation A people for his possession so that you may proclaim his praises one of those who have called who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light once you were not a people but now you are God's people once you had not received mercy and now you have received mercy dear friends I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against the soul So conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles so that when they slander you as evildoers they will observe your good works and will glorify God on the day that he visits. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as a free people, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone, love the brothers and sisters, fear God, honor the emperor. Submit as a free people, not using your freedom to cover up doing evil. This is God's word for God's people. Hear it, believe it and live. Let's pray together. So long ago your apostle Peter wrote to his people the same thing that we need to hear today about the importance of living free. So we pray that your word to him and his word to his church would be your word to this church. And we pray this in your name. Amen. I have read this passage a lot. I have preached on it a lot. And I'm always amazed as a student of scripture that sometimes you can read a passage and see it in an entirely different way and wonder why you could or how you could have missed this significant passage or the way that Peter turns a phrase. And the passage I'm talking about is where he says to us, Submit as a free people. Now, how do you do that? It seems like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. One, God has empowered the emperor to rule over culture and society. He has given the governors a power to, to keep the peace and that kind of thing. We have people in power over us that we willingly recognize as having authority in certain situations and we obey them. We submit to them, but only as a free person. We give our submission. TO THEIR AUTHORITY IN CERTAIN SITUATIONS AND IN CERTAIN MOMENTS BECAUSE WE DO SO WHEN WE BECAUSE BY DOING SO WE RECOGNIZE THAT WE ARE ULTIMATELY OBEYING GOD. AT NO TIME, NO HOW, DOES A BELIEVER IN JESUS CHRIST, A CHRIST FOLLOWER, GIVE UP THE RIGHT AND RESPONSIBILITY FOR MAKING THEIR OWN DECISIONS. Now, listen to that again. At no time, no how, does a follower of Jesus Christ give up the right and responsibility to make their own decisions? I've told you before, I've read the Bible backwards and forwards looking for loopholes. There are none. I cannot say to Jesus, Yes, I hit him in the nose because he hit me first. No matter what anybody else does, no matter what anybody else says, I am still obligated to obey Jesus Christ in every circumstance. We are never given permission to disobey. Amen. Now, that's a tough one because you want to react, you, you, want, to, you, want, to, you want to take action, you want to take it in, and you say, Can't do that. Why? because I belong to Jesus Christ. All of our decisions are under the ultimate authority of Jesus Christ and he never relinquishes that authority. So when you say the devil made me do it, no he didn't. You did that all by yourself. Okay? Because we want to find somebody to blame, don't we? It's easier that way. Well, well, Jesus, you have to understand the way that my mom and dad raised me. You have to understand the way these people treated me. You have to understand that I'm addicted to this or that. None of that has any say in your life because the ultimate say is that of Jesus Christ. You are who he says he is. Now, Peter begins by reminding us that all of this begins when God establishes the cornerstone of Jesus Christ as the foundation of his kingdom. Have you ever built anything? It takes forever to lay the foundation, right? You go out and you you look at, they're going to build a house. So you go out and you look the first day and they've moved dirt from this side to that side. You check with the foreman, it's going pretty good go back the next day. They've dug a hole. Next day, they're measuring the hole. They pour concrete in the hole. Next day, former comes out, looks at the concrete. Looks good. Gets back in his car, truck, goes to another job. You don't see him for two or three days. Why? Concrete's dry. Can't do anything to the concrete's dry. Takes forever to build the foundation of the house. Why? Because if the foundation's wrong, the house will never be right. And if the foundation of your life is wrong, your life will never be right. So what Peter says is that God has established this cornerstone, this stone that will not be moved and then placed you in relationship to that stone it's glued you in cemented you in through his grace and mercy to the cornerstone that is jesus christ you are chosen okay and that means that the builder went over to the pile of stones picked up the stone looked at it and said this is the one i want and walked back over and cemented it to the foundation that's what it meant you were picked now I know the theologians are having a field day on this right now. Everybody wants to argue about what's chosen. And I tell you all the time, the reason they have the struggle is they didn't play enough ball. If they had been spent more time in the gymnasium, less time in the, in the library, they would understand this concept. Okay. All great theological concepts are figured out in the gymnasium. Okay. Uh, you show it, play a game. there's, there's several of you. We're going to choose up teams. The two best athletes make the decision, right? one of those athletes is better than everybody else in the gym and everybody knows it. So the goal is to get picked by that athlete. Get picked by the guy who's going to win. Okay, y'all know who he is, right? So all of a sudden, you're over here with losers. Okay, now everybody in the gym has already told you you're not good enough to pick. We know who can play ball. You're not one of them. Go over here and stand with the losers. So you're over here, and your prayer right now is, please, Jesus, don't let me be picked last. That's the only thing you're praying for, don't let me be pick, picked last. All right? Now, the guy who's going to win, he picks you. Mike, get over here with me. Mike, you're on my team. Now, from the loser line, now, you're bad. <laughs> yeah. We're going to win. Why? Because he's on our team this is our captain. We're going to win. Doesn't matter who else is on the floor. Doesn't matter who else can play or not play. This guy's going to win. That's what chosen means. King Jesus has chosen you to be on his team. You're going to win. Doesn't matter the game. Doesn't matter who's playing. It's already known you're going to win. That's what it means to be chosen. Chosen. You are chosen. You're not bad. You're not any good. You're just picked by the right captain. Now, because you are chosen, because you are a royal priesthood, not just a priest. The role of a priest is to represent God to the people and the people back to God. It's an interesting role in the scripture, but you have the access to the highest throne, royal priesthood. That's who you are. And nobody else gets a say. Why? Because you are his. You are his possession bought with a price he owns us he paid for us we are his and nobody else gets to say who you are or what you are That is reserved for Jesus and Jesus alone so because of that you are free now to make your decisions and we don't want that That's why a lot of people, when they make the initial decision to follow Christ, find the forgiveness, love that moment of being set free. Now, the next thing is to learn how to live free. Did you see what he said? Make yourself free from the desires that destroy your soul. Now, there's a difference between acting and wanting. Okay? Temptation is when you want to do bad. Okay? We all have those temptations. Okay? It's a difference in acting. Okay? You may have the feeling and you may have the desire, but you are not slave to that desire. Now, the first thing is to recognize you're not free you're not a slave to that desire. You're free from it. Now, the second thing is to live your life in such a way that you no longer desire the evil thing. I don't want that anymore. Okay? They tell me that if you eat healthy food long enough, your taste buds will change. Never been there myself. <laughs> but that's what I'm told that it will literally change the things that you want. Christ will set you free from the prison of being tempted all the time to where life is always a struggle, right? Oh gosh, I don't want to do this, don't want to do this. To where you get to the point where you don't want to do it at all. That's because you are free now you have to learn to live free that's different you have to take responsibility for your life you have to know that it is yours and yes there are times when we submit to the government authorities and there are times when we do not there are times in the history of the church where we have had to practice civil disobedience and that time may come in America where we have to do it again if it does We have been here before, brothers and sisters. And for some reason, nobody takes you seriously as a preacher until you do a little jail time. It's your choice. You've been given the freedom to choose. To choose to follow to choose to be like him to be free from those things that will take us away we submit but we submit as a free person you're never in a situation where you don't have a choice you are never in a situation because I because we we live in a culture where everybody wants to blame everybody else and and and, you know you have to understand the way my parents raised me I'm addicted to this I can't help that uh -uh. in Christ you are free Paul wrote the Galatians, you have been set free for freedom's sake. Do not submit to any yoke of slavery again. And that's what happens. If you you study the the population of the U.S. and where different groups have settled and where they've moved, one of the things that you will notice is there is a large African-American population in those places where slavery used to be so strong. Charleston, South Carolina where the slaves were brought and sold. Uh, Memphis where they were uh, bought and sold along the river there and and where so many of them uh, worked on the plantations in West Tennessee. Why? Because when the Civil War ended, where do you go? What do you do? This is the house you've always lived in. These are the people you've always been around. This is where my family is. You stay. so you're born again you have that moment but all of your friends are still in the old lifestyle one of the most important things we have to do as a church is remember that when somebody comes to christ they're leaving everything and everybody behind so we bring them into our family that's importance of groups we recreate the family structure And we find new brothers and new sisters in Christ, new mothers and new fathers in Christ because he recreates the family structure and they're the ones who teach you how to live free. So you make a choice. Not only do you make a choice to follow Christ, you have to make that choice to keep on following Christ every day. It's frustrating because there's no once and for all moment, okay? You you want it to be. We want it to be like a stair step. Make the decision, move on, make the decision, move on. Nothing in your life is like that. Forgiveness is not like that. We want to forgive. I forgave you. Move on. Okay? But let's say somebody betrays you, somebody hurts you. And in the discussion, you realize they didn't mean to do it, they messed up, da-da-da-da-da. So you forgive them as much as you can in that moment. Okay? And you say, hey, I've I've forgiven you, I move on. But what happens? It doesn't stay there, does it? It's like a spiral. You keep coming back to the moment, but at a different level. So the person who betrays you hurts you. And so then later you find yourself in a situation you would not have been in if the person had not betrayed you. Guess what? You get mad again. But I thought I had dealt with it. No, you had dealt with it at that level. Now we're going to deal with it at this level. See? I I thought I had made the decision to follow Christ. You did yesterday. Now we got to make the decision today born free, yeah, you have a choice now. And that choice now is to live free. For freedom Christ has set you free. Do not submit to any yoke of slavery again. Submit, Peter writes, but only as a free person born free. Praise God. Yes. Live free. Glory to God. Your choice and you're making it now. Let's pray together. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I'm not going to put you on the spot or embarrass you at all. I don't, I don't want to do that. But some of you have made that very first decision. You remember when you decided to follow Christ, you remember what a life change it was, you remember how things were different in your life, but you didn't ever learn how to live free. And now you've been back in the same old place. And now is a moment of confession, repentance, of realignment. And maybe going out into the Atrium and finding the discipleship team and finding your small group and say, hey, I want to do life together I want somebody to help me learn how to live free. Maybe that's where you are today Maybe it's to come be part of this church fellowship. You come on. We'd love to have you as part of our family or maybe Maybe you're at that very first moment that very first choice And you want to know what it means to be born free all of those sins and all of those mistakes that are causing you anxiety christ paid for you're free from that debt and he offers you a life through his resurrection of purpose and hope you didn't even know was possible but is now his gift to you i know i'm saying a whole lot just a handful of words that's why our ministers are out at the table and next to the big sign says next step they want to have this conversation with you they want to pick it up from here I beg you, if you walked in here a slave, don't leave that way. You don't have to. Lord Jesus, every life is open before you, every heart. So we pray the choices we make now are exactly what you want. Would you stand with me as we sing this? You be obedient to the Lord and his calling on your life.